Trying to change times, it just uh, doesn't So I've got it switched over. Hopefully it's not cutting in and out. Hello, Anna. How's it going? <clears throat> um, Anna has several different names on the internet. If I recall, because your name used to be something different back in the day, but we're going to call you Anna today. And apparently you are the only one watching. Thank you for watching. I, it's going up now. See, for the people that listen to this in advance, I have this little ticker in the corner that shows how many people are watching. And <clears throat> um, what I find interesting about it is the amount of people that come up to me uh, after and um you know, say, oh, I listened to this, oh, I watched this, I did that. It doesn't seem like it fits the number uh, that it represents. Um, so, guys, we've got a lot to cover. If you are not from Alberta, this first part may not be... Um, May not be a big deal. Anna, I've got five. I've got four watching currently, not five. It, mine hasn't even hit five yet. So who knows? We don't know. And that's including YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. I'm on Twitter. So <laughs> that reminds me. Could you follow me on Instagram at Bro Here's the Thing and Twitter at Devastator48? Did you know that I still am a proud member in partnership? With Resistance Coffee Company and my name, Devin, D-E-V-I-N, still gets you money off your first order. I know you, and Josh says, I love Dallas Jenkins. I know you do, because you're a heretic like him. So, we're not going to get into that yet. But I will be dealing with it shortly. And, like, I mean... Josh has the tendency to derail me from my topic because he's just, he's got this like obnoxious thing he does. And, um, that's okay. I forgive him. But, uh, what we're going to present you with is, uh, basically irrefutable evidence that he is not only deceptive with his words, he also tries to lie about what he has said in context, frame it in a different way, and then try and manipulate you into agreeing with his side. But we're not going to do that yet. Oh, stop it. He's going to look at, I'll post his comment. Look, he's giving me a cry face. Hey, it's okay. We're going to go see each other. We're going to see each other tomorrow and we're going to fight in person. So we're not fighting. I'm going to, it's okay. There doesn't need to be any fighting. Anyway, I want to deal with Jason Kenny first. Jason Kenny resigned yesterday. Um, 
Funny story. They announced the vote that it was 51%. And I said, there's no way he's going to stay in. Now, maybe this isn't so amazing or anything, but I basically looked at my wife and I said, there's no way he's staying in. Um, Hey, Phoebe, how's it going? Uh, There's no way he's going to stay in. Um, He got enough to retire with a majority. He can step down pretend he's the hero and then like talk about unity and stuff. And, um, I wasn't even paying attention. He steps up to the podium and announces his resignation and talks about unity. So we're going to watch that just to see what he's got to say about his amazing, his amazing leadership and everything that he's done. Okay. There it is. All right. Let's hear, let's hear this guy. Let's hear this guy. Where is it? There it is. Thank you so much. Thank you all for being here and to thousands of folks joining us right across the province online. Friends, uh, tonight the members of our party completed a democratic exercise in accountability. The result is not what I hoped for or frankly what I expected. But they found him unaccountable. I've been clear. Who knows, deep down maybe he uh, was blindsided by this. He really does think he's awesome and he did an amazing job even though three pastors were arrested and um, a fake pandemic was allowed to dictate our lives for almost three years. And we'll probably do it again soon. From day one, that I will respect the decision of the members in this leadership review. And I expect all members of our party to do just that. Friends, while while 51% of the vote passes the Constitution... Now, guys, let me know in the comments what you think. Uh, Maybe I'll read some of them. Uh, Do you think he will stay on as an MLA? Do you think he will retire? Or do you think he will pursue going back into federal politics as an MP and possibly working his way into that conservative leadership spot? I'm not sure if he can do, if he can enter that race now, uh, but, um, but, uh, yeah, let me know what you think. What is, what is, what, are, what, are, what's the next step for Jason? Constitutional threshold of a majority. It clearly is not adequate support to continue on as leader. And that is why tonight I have informed the president of the party of my intention to step down as leader of the United Conservative Party. I'm sorry, but friends, I truly believe that we need to move forward united. We need to put the past behind us. And our members, a large number of our members, have asked for an opportunity to clear the air through a leadership election. And I've recommended, therefore, uh, that uh, the provincial board schedule a leadership election in a timely fashion. I want to thank all members who participated in this pro- So they need to do a leadership election in a timely fashion because the election season for Alberta started today. So this was drug out, dragged out way longer than it needed to be. And now he is stepping down as leader and the conservative party, the United conservative party has a no leader right now. And it's a, the start of the election. It's the start of the pol- provincial election. And there are, there is no leader. Thanks man. Process. 
and the hundreds of volunteers who have pitched in. I also want to thank so many of you here and right across the province for your support and the tireless efforts of those who have had confidence in my continued leadership. Friends, it's clear that the past two years were deeply divisive for our province, our party, and our caucus. But it is my fervent hope that in the months to come, we all move on past the division of COVID. And disappointing as this result is for me, uh, no. Because of your policies, I lost my job that helps me earn from anywhere from $105,000 to $157,000 a year. I am not moving on. Yeah, I can forgive you, but I'm not just going to let it go. I'm not just going to, I'm not just going to, I'm not just going to stop bringing it up and vote for your party again, I guess is the best way to put it. Because when you forgive something, you have to let it go but the point is so that was maybe a miss miss uh a bad statement on my part i need to correct that but the point is it was like i'm not gonna vote for your party because i need to see repentance from your party what they've done is disgusting the mla in my area is a spineless man baby coward who no one respects him. He's an emasculated man, baby. And so who literally blocks people from con like blocks his constituents from con commenting. I literally voted for this guy for the area. Like I, I had a UCP membership so I could vote for this guy. So he could be the representative to run as an MLA. That's how committed I was to the MLA in my area at one point uh, to get him elected. And he has been nothing but a disappointment, and I'll never vote for him again. So no, I'm not going to move on. What we need is a, what we need is a wild rose party again. Not because this is just the PCs. They absorbed the wild rose, turned the wild rose guys into them, elected some more PC type guys, and now the conservative movement is obliterated in Alberta again because this is the only option again. And if you try to make another conservative party, they'll just accuse you of vote splitting, even though it's blue communists. For me, I am incredibly proud of the work that this team has done. Together, we reunited the free enterprise movement in Alberta politics, and we won the largest electoral mandate in our province's history. We inherited profound fiscal and economic... You know, it's funny, um, Wanda here says, uh, you know, all these things about putting pastors in prison. He dined out and gathered unmasked with his inner circle. So do, if we remember um, the Sky Palace debacle, something interesting I learned about the Sky Palace debacle. Now, I knew this, some of this before, but basically, if you go back, if you go back to the Sky Palace debacle and you look at that stuff, um, that building was turned into what was going to be a living suite for Alison Redford when she was the premier of Alberta. And she was so wildly hated for it that she had to resign and then disappear off the face of the planet. Um, she was basically turning it into like the sweetest bachelor pad ever. Now the controversy that one of the big controversies that I didn't even know 
why this was such an awful thing that Jason Kenny did is he actually, the Sky Palace has been his personal office. That's where his main office has been for his uh, spot as premier. So kind of an insult to injury there anyway. So that was interesting. Uh, I just thought I'd throw that out there. And that's from a really good source. That's all you need to know. Okay, let's keep them going. Economic challenges. And then we went through three once-in-a-century crises, the largest public health crisis in a century, the largest collapse of the world economy in nearly a century, and the first time ever we experienced negative oil prices. And yet, despite all of that, we got the job done, delivering on nearly 90% of our election commitment. What job did you get done? You delivered on 90% of your election promises? There's no way for me to fact check that. There's no way for me to prove whether that's true or false. I, I could never even begin to figure out if that's legit or not. I, there's no way for me to, there's no way for me to, for me to check that at all. While turning around our economy. While turning around the economy, so we're leading Canada in economic and job growth, balancing the budget for the first time in 14 years. See how he's trying to declare all his victories as he steps down? This is pathetic. In fact, you know what we got to do here? Let me see. Let me. Where is it? Instead of. Uh, yeah, hold, hold on a second here. And paving the path towards a new era of diversification, putting parents back in charge of education, passing the Choice in Education Act, and so much more. By the way, did you hear last week, we won an historic victory against Justin Trudeau's No More Pipelines law. My laughing clip and just is yesterday, <laughs> just yesterday, I was with members of our team in Washington fighting for Alberta energy jobs and winning the support of some of America's key leaders. We continue to get the job done as a team. But clearly, a large number of our members want to clear the air with a leadership election. And I fully respect their decision. Anyway, um... And I encourage all members to do the same. While we have our internal differences, we must you remember... Get it. Basically, he went on a diatribe to save face. So, whatever, man. It is what it is. He's terrible. So, moving on. Um, I just... We're going to move on here to something, something else. Where is he? I'm going to close that video. Okay, guys. So, you've heard me talk about this show before. Obviously, I'm not a fan. Uh, some of the directing and videography is like super high quality. And that's why it kind of sticks out in the whole depicting Jesus's life genre that has existed for such a long time. So we're going to go through a bunch of stuff about The Chosen again. Because I would say, put it this way, Dallas Jenkins keeps doubling down and is essentially lying, I would say. I would maybe, yeah, I think I could accuse him now of being deliberately dishonest. He is now deliberately trying to deceive people about what he said, but 
realistically, he's just manipulating what he said. Um, well, so going back to the Jason Kenny thing really quick. Kristen says the only reason he stepped down is because he knew grassroots party members would revolt and call for an investigation into whether he won legitimately or not. And yeah, I, I mean, that could be part of it for sure. I think like, if you think about that, cause you know that there was fraud and he only got 51% of the vote. So if it was ever exposed even more that he even had way less of that vote. And a lot of it was done by, you know, all those illegal purchases in the middle of the night and the 4,000 memberships bought on one credit card right before the deadline. Um, you know, if that stuff ever really came out and it started reducing his votes to a failing grade, the fact that he fraudulently got 51% uh, would be pretty devastating for him because he hates that. So, Moving on to moving on to more chosen stuff, guys. So let's see which video are we going to start with first? Okay. You know what? Let's start with, uh, yeah, we're going to start with this one. So if you guys know anything about, uh, the way the chosen has been operating lately, they've kind of put out this uh, like their own hit piece on themselves. And it's called, um, it's, uh, it's called like the chosen sucks. And it's like, there's a website called the chosen is not good.com. Basically you have Satan, um, Satan operating, uh, like a, a bumbling idiot who is lobbing criticism and trying to dissuade you from watching the chosen by telling you that it's boring and that it sucks. Uh, but he's also a bumbling idiot. Um, so one of the issues um, is that the criticism that people have against The Chosen uh, is not that it sucks. Uh, in fact, I would not argue that it actually even sucks. It is really, really high-quality content uh, other than all the egregious errors that are in it. So um, you cannot say that it sucks. It is super high quality. So guys, there might be depictions of Jesus coming up. Uh, I don't hold to the view that an actor playing Jesus is a, a violation of the second commandment. So if that bothers you, you're not going to want to watch this part. Uh, but it's but that's what I'm going to be dealing with. So uh, really, you're just going to be looking at Dallas Jenkins' face a lot. But let's take a look at this uh, this short from YouTube, from the, from the Chosen is Not Good website. So we're going to watch Satan be a bumbling idiot. The Chosen is live streaming episodes every night from now until Easter at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. But good luck doing that without the internet. <laughs> so the Chosen... Uh, let's take a dive into a biblical text that I think will shed light on this issue that we're facing here. So, got my Bible out. Now, I do not think that being flippant towards Satan is appropriate this mocking him and saying he has no power and that he's kind of dumb uh, is 
is probably not okay. And uh, we're going to take a look at Jude and see if it applies here. Now, it's not quite the same. Mm, but it might be. It might be. So we're going to just take a look. So what is the context of Jude? The context of Jude is that he wanted to write to his beloved, the believers he's writing to, he wanted to write to them about their common salvation, but instead he has to warn them about false teachers. So it says, Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are the called, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. This is starting in verse 1, sorry. May mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. He goes on, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you, exhorting you, that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. So, he had to instead warn them about false brethren who had snuck into their churches and were denying Jesus, the one and only Jesus. Now, actually, that's really interesting. Our only master and Lord Jesus Christ is what it says. That's really interesting. So I'm going to skip ahead. And if you want to check the content, context and see if I'm representing this properly, you can do that. But I'm jumping ahead. So <clears throat> it says this. And there's something missing here. So you can go read that yourselves. Yet in the same way, these men also by dreaming defile the flesh and reject authority and blaspheme glorious ones. This is in the LSB. But Michael, the archangel, when he disputing with the devil was arguing about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. But these men blaspheme the things which they do not understand and the things which they know by instinct, like unreasoning animals. By these things they are destroyed. And so, I, if I were Dallas Jenkins, I would be extremely careful about mocking Satan. Um, because, you know, we often look at the term blasphemy as only relating to God directly, but here it states, and it is the same word. Now, the NASB translates it as railing against, uh, uses the word railing there, a railing judgment. Uh, but the word is the same word for blasphemous. And that is why the LSB specifically has chosen to put the word blasphemous there. I don't know if there's other translations that do that. I didn't look that up. So a blasphemous judgment. Mocking Satan could be seen as blaspheming him, I think. And also, like, when I was in charismatic circles, when I was in squishy evangelical circles, one of the big things was that, oh, Satan has no power here. Satan has no authority. And they declare this stuff. 
And they say, no, he's weak and he's nothing. No, he's not weak and he's nothing. Satan, and I'm not totally sure if he's still currently able to do this or not, but that would be an interesting discussion topic. But Satan stands in the courtroom of God and accuses believers. He does it with Job. He goes before God as an accuser. And he is the most powerful being that God has created. And so I would be extremely careful if I were Dallas Jenkins about these videos mocking Satan. So that's one chosen thing axed off the list. Let's move on. So in... um. Uh, throughout the history of Dallas Jenkins uh, and this show, The Chosen, you have seen a uh, constant reference to the fact that he's teaming up with Mormons. He said he loves Mormons. He said Mormons worship the same Jesus. And so um, he, in this video he just released on, on, uh, on Facebook, he says that this hopefully is the last time he's going to have to um, address this issue in uh, <clears throat> its a closed case. And it's done now. And this is his answer on the subject. This is his definitive answer. And he's basically going to charge anyone who's criticized him of teaming up with a cult group. Um, that th- he, they're he, they misrepresenting him. But then at the end, I believe personally that he's actually, what he says, he proves our point. Um, and he has no discernment. And what he says is deeply, deeply concerning. Yeah, so Phoebe says too much Mormon Catholicism influence going on there. Yeah, so one of his consultants on the show is a Catholic priest. So... You're getting a Catholic Jesus. His executive producer is a Mormon. So there's, it's not just a distribution thing. His friends whom he loves are on this. Now we're going to listen to what he has to say. Let's just go to the video. I have to do this, but I think because. Hey there, it's Dallas. And uh, I was hoping that I wouldn't have to do this, but I of course think you were. because of the growth in awareness of the show around the world, uh, there has also been a significant increase in the number of articles written about it, the number of videos posted, the number of yeah. uh, posts done on social media, comments on social media. And um, there has been an increased amount of attention given not only to the show itself lately but to a comment that i made several years ago that i probably need to add a little clarification to and this is what we kind of call the lds issue the lds question when it comes to all right uh, the chosen and clarification uh, the reason that i want to give this uh statement or this comment um uh, and have it be my final comment on the matter because i've given dozens and dozens of comments about it that um, seem to be unfortunately ignored by several people um but uh, it's because I, I, I do believe that it's healthy. See how it goes? We're just ignoring it. No, it's because you say one thing and then you say another thing and they're not the same things. And when you're talking to different audiences, you say different things, which is actually like a classic move of a false teacher and a, a liar, right? Because you're 
playing one fiddle over here and you're playing another over there. And everyone, you say, you tell everybody you're playing the same song and you're not. But then we can literally go watch you play the song in a different spot. And it's not the same one. So you're on video lying. And then he's going to accuse us people that are criticizing him of misrepresenting him and taking him of context. This is good. So I have like a six minute segment of him raving over how much he loves Mormons, but that's coming to, for there to be some level of clarity for people who are wondering about it, because um, it's not my own personal uh, defensiveness that I, that I care about. I'm not, I'm, I don't feel the need to defend myself, but I have had, had, I have had, had, is that a phrase? I've, I've had multiple friends, multiple, We the free, stop it. Stop it. Okay? You, as a very critical and discerning person, should take notes on this. Okay? Viewers of the show reach out and say, is this true? And are you aware that this is out there? And did you say this? And, and, uh, and because of the fact that almost 100% of the people who have commented about this have actually misquoted me, or at the very at the very least, um, gotten it wrong in terms of what I meant and what I what, all the clarity that I've given. I feel so. They've taken him out of context, and um, he's given clarity on it, but they're not. But we're not listening. Okay, that's his argument. Like I probably should give you a little bit of clarity because I do think words matter, and I do think topics like words matter. So he's going to give us clarity. Are important. So um, I have. It, Let's just start with the, the, the central question. Is it true that I said, um, which is what you've seen in some headlines or seen in some, some, uh, some titles of videos, Dallas Jenkins says, quote, and then it'll say Mormons or LDS, whatever term that they want to use, Mormons and evangelicals <sighs> love the same Jesus, or LDS are Christians. So he has directly said that, flatly, in context. And I'll prove that right away. But let's give him just a, one more minute to clarify himself. Is it true that I said that? And the answer is no, um, I did not. Now, um, did it appear like I said that? Could it be easily interpreted as me saying that? I think that's true. And I think we can agree that um, uh, you know words matter, nuance matters. And um, I probably could have given more context and clarity nuance is like the word nuance is like poison to my ears. When I start listening to a man talk about giving nuance, uh, in the context of Christianity, uh, it already makes my spidey senses tingle, which is not the Holy spirit talking to me. It's just a way of saying that I've heard lots of heretics say the same thing over and over again and talk about nuance, right? So he's got his nuance. Um, that I'm, then that I'm giving now, um, you know, I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of interviews and written thousands of things about my faith and about the faith of others. You have, and, um, I try very hard to be nuanced. I try very hard to make, you have to, said to a lot cautious and wise and clarifying about every word that I use, Yeah, man. but I don't always succeed. And I think this is, I think it's fair to say that this is one where, um, I don't take back what I said, but I could have given it um, a little bit more clarity. Um, I think it's also true that it would be a problem if I actually said those words definitively. If I actually. 
So, okay, so it's a problem. Um, oh, Kristen is asking me uh, what denomination or church affiliation is he claimed to be a part of. I'm not really sure. It's just he goes to a non-denominational type, um, probably moderately charismatic kind of seeker-friendly church would be my guess. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what church it goes to. I, it's relevant to me, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so we've let him speak. We've let him say, um, we're going to go back to this video first of all. So keep that in mind. Uh, but he has stated that he's being taken out of context. He's being misrepresented and he could have clarified better. Maybe he didn't clarify good enough. So let's, uh, Let's check him out not clarifying himself, shall we? So I'm going to make sure that this video... Okay, so we're starting in the section of the interview where he gets asked about this very topic. Now, <sighs> uh, sorry, just reading a comment here. Um he likes to use big words and sort of repeat himself. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a uh, sophistry. He's just talking into the air and hoping that all the words will distract you from the fact that he's not saying anything, but let's check out what he says. So you'll notice this interview is called interview with a Mormon and an ev evangelical and you can go watch the whole 44 minute interview. If you want to just fact check me, make sure that I'm representing him, but I am starting from the point that he has asked about this topic till the end, until the topic shifts. We're going to watch that whole thing. I'll probably stop in between, but we're going to watch that whole thing. And so the show seems to be answering that call for many people. So you've been pretty open about your faith uh, throughout this project. You're uh, evangelical, evangelical Christian. Uh, you're living in Illinois, right? Yes. Um, so what was your reaction, or, or I guess was there a reaction when a bunch of Latter-day Saints from VidAngel approached you and were like, let's make this happen, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's so here's generally where he says the relationship with uh, Mormons stops. It's just distribution. This is normally what he says, right? They distribute it. They love the show. They're into it. And they're a great help. And, you know, he loves them for that. Whatever. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not quoting him or anything. But this is usually where he says the relationship stops. Um, they're involved in distribution and, um, actually I believe that it's even gotten to the point where some people would argue, oh, he's not, uh, VidAngel isn't, isn't Mormon. Mormons just work there. I think I've even heard at one point, it's like, I'm pretty sure VidAngel is a Mormon owned thing as in the people at the top are Mormon. The top down from the top is Mormon. I I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure. Either way, it's irrelevant. It's funny. The Latter-day Saints at VidAngel are fully aware, and we're fully aware when we first started meeting and talking about this project, that that publicly speaking, it might not necessarily be the best thing for the show if people know that Latter-day Saints are behind at least the distribution of it. Um, as you know full well, in the evangelical community, 
I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily proud to say uh, Latter-day Saints are, are, uh, don't have the best reputation. To put it mildly, yes. And um, I grew up. Uh, so notice what he says. That would be putting it mildly, the interviewer says. It's not that you have a bad reputation, uh, Mormon guy. Um, in fact, uh, you know, this was as an unbeliever, to be fair, but to the outside world, Mormons had the best reputation. Um, in high school, I thought the Mormons were the best. Um, they, you know, they dressed nice. They were super friendly. All the girls were super bubbly and nice and awesome. So I was fun. Like they were, it was great. I was like, literally at one point I was like, man, I would totally marry a Mormon chick. Like I had no concept of like what they believed or anything. And the fact that a committed Mormon girl would have nothing to do with, with me and, uh, an unmormon, yeah, right. Like there's, you know, but growing up, I thought Mormons were awesome and it's not a reputation issue. It's a, what do you believe issue? That's all it is. It's not. So he's already misrepresenting the criticism that Bible believers would hurl at Mormons. It's not, it's not, it's not the criticism. It's not, you have a bad reputation. So you believe that God is a man living on a planet with all his polygamous wives, uh, where he makes spirit babies. It's that, that's the problem is that you make God a man. God in, in of himself is a created being. And there are potential for millions of gods and, the fact is that probably a ton of Mormons don't even know that now. I don't even know, but that's the official doctrine of the church. So that's the criticism, Dallas. Um, having certain beliefs about the Mormon or LDS community, whatever. I know you guys are, the terms change a lot. So, or have changed recently. So forgive me if I, You're fine. if I don't use the proper terminology all the time, but um, one of the most interesting things about this whole project has been my relationship with different denominational or faith traditions that I didn't have before. See, notice how he said different denominations and then corrected his trajectory, said faith traditions, because he knows that if he simply says that Mormonism is a denomination, uh, that the heat would be on him. And keep in mind, this is from a couple years ago still. This is the big thing that he said a couple years ago that he's still talking about in the current video that just came out. I've learned so much more about the LDS community than I, than I thought I knew. But that goes for, like, the Catholic Church as well. Like, this show has been... See, so he's really come alongside Roman Catholic, Roman Catholics as well. So that's great. I'm glad you're learning lots, Dallas. Uniquely, I've never seen anything like it, really, how much it has unified in response multiple faith traditions. Now, once they get together, like on our fan club, there's still a bunch of arguments and, yeah. and, uh, and shade being thrown at each other. Like people saying, oh, I'm in the same fan club or I love the same show as a bunch of Catholics. Well, I better tell them that they're going to hell. Uh, that they're I mean, you know, um, I don't know what those people are telling uh, them, the Catholics, but um, they should be calling them to repent because they have a works 
They have a gospel, Jesus's sacrifice plus works salvation. So they are in a false religion as well. They do not rely solely on the works of Christ, which is the essence of the gospel. And so, yes, if you are a devout practicing Roman Catholic, you have a gospel that curses you. In Galatians, Paul says that simply adding circumcision invalidates the whole thing. And Roman Catholics have added hundreds of works to that list. So, it's a different gospel. Dallas. Or that, or that they have a false religion, or vice versa. You get the Catholics saying, uh, wait a minute, I need to inform our evangelical people, uh, friends about how they're so wrong and blaspheming because they don't understand Mary. And what's funny about uh, the LDS folks is you guys seem to, Gross. to be, even though you're the most controversial, you seem to be the least confrontational. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, so that's really interesting. Um, in fact, I might even just enlarge myself for this. Guys, why are Mormons the least confrontational? Why are they the least confrontational? Why? Because that's their MO now. You see, at the start of Mormonism, Joseph Smith was allegedly given visions stating that the entire church had gone apostate. And that he had to go pull everyone back out of their apostasy. That they were the only true followers of God, Mormons, the, G the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They were the only ones. And that the Christians were apostate. But now, the teaching is that they are Christians too. And they just have more stuff than us. More has just been given to them. So we should just let them in and we can all coexist and we believe the same thing. That is literally Mormons teaching now. They will take you if you're interested and want to get you to the end to become a Mormon. But essentially... They also believe we all believe the same thing. And when you tell them they're going to hell, as he's going to bring up, the reason they're not worried about that so much is because they don't believe that almost anyone's going to hell. Hell is actually, I believe, only reserved for apostate Mormons. So if you defect from Mormonism, then you can go to hell. Even someone as bad as Hitler is not in hell. He's in outer darkness. And, of course... These are things that they're not just teaching all the time. And uh, your average Mormon doesn't know this anymore. But 20 years ago, um, a Mormon would have been correcting Dallas on this stuff. Oh, I'm on the wrong thing. So let's keep going. So that's an understatement he had just said about, um, you know, Mormons not having the best reputation. Um it's just like, hey, we're all, we all love Jesus. Let's just, uh, I just want to let you know we love the show. And when people start going, hey. So Mormons state to him, we all just love Jesus. No correction. No concept that it's a different Jesus. Hey, you're a Mormon. You're going to hell. 
uh, you just like, hey, whatever. It's like you just it kind of seems to roll off your back. Maybe it's because you're used to, to being on yeah. the outside sometimes. But, but uh, yeah, it's been so fascinating because um, even my family members, when we first started this relationship with VidAngel, part of it was, well, be, be careful because of the common misconceptions about, about uh, our different belief systems, but also just protecting the show. Like, will the audience be bothered by the fact that there are um, LDS people involved? Personally, I didn't really care because I've, I've worked with people of all different traditions or, I mean, I've worked with atheists. I've partnered with. So he's going to compare. Uh, I'll just let him keep going. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it when he gets to it. With people who've distributed my movies who had zero desire to, you know, or connection to, to Christ and couldn't have cared less about. See, so he's making the relationship still just about distribution. That is what he's saying, right? VidAngel's just a distributor, and so it's not a big deal. Which, if that were the case, I would probably agree with that. It's not that big a deal if someone you disagree with just wants to distribute your stuff. Um, it's like complaining about, uh, I don't know, FedEx uh, shipping your 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 Bibles or something, which he's going to make a reference to. Got it. So even if I had significant disagreements with the LDS community, which I've learned I have fewer than I thought I did. He's got fewer disagreements with the LDS community than he thought he did. So we're getting some context as it builds up to this defining moment that people say, uh, that he says people misrepresent. But even with that, I was okay. I was comfortable with that because as long as they're treating the show properly, that's all that matters. So it's been, I, I can honestly say it's been one of the top three most fascinating and beautiful things about this project has been my growing brother and sisterhood with people of the LDS community that I never his growing brother and sisterhood with the LDS community. Now, as a believer, we are very, very careful with terms like brother and sister because the only brothers and sisters I have are the ones that are by blood and those that are through adoption to the same father that I have, which is God, and that can only be done through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And so, or do we have the same father? Is that what he means? Maybe he's just not, maybe he's just terrible with doctrinal issues. I don't know. But he just said he has a growing brother and sisterhood with LDS people. Or would have known otherwise and learning so much about, um, about your, your faith tradition um, and realizing, gosh, for all the stuff that maybe we don't see eye to eye on, that all happened, that's all based on stuff that happened after Jesus was here. Um, the stories. So this is not true. Um, we don't agree on the things that happened in, in the New Testament. We don't agree on those things. Those stories have completely different meanings for them on many different issues. Jesus's blood was not just spilled for us on the cross in Mormonism. Even more importantly, it was spilt 
in the garden of Gethsemane when he sweat drops of blood because he loves us so much or something. I don't know if it's because he loves us so much, but the point is, is that they would say Jesus bled for us in the garden of Gethsemane. And of course they don't really have a blood atonement the way we do. They don't believe that he atones for sins the way we do. Because in the book of Mormon, it says, um, you are counted, uh, how does it put it? It's the, it's famous. It's the one line that everybody knows. And it talks about you're saved after all that you can do, right? So you believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. And then after everything that you can do, then God brings you through that and saves you. Maybe we hope. Anyway, let's keep going. Um, of Jesus, we do agree on. So stories of Jesus, we do agree on are, and we, we love the same Jesus. Bam. Um, so not- notice how the Mormon interviewer makes a very, very big deal out of this, puts it up there. Now you've listened to this in context. You've heard what he said from minutes before, from the start of the question, he has built it up. I have fewer disagreements with them than I thought. I have a growing brother and sister relationship with Mormons, and we love the same Jesus. Something that you often hear sometimes, it's like, oh, you, uh, they That's believe in a different yeah, Jesus than we do. Statement. Yeah. No, it's the same. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll sink or swim on that statement. And- so that's a very controversial statement, the Mormon guy says. And he says, I will sink or swim on this. Now, you heard what he said earlier. Does it sound like he's sinking or swimming on it? Uh, and it's controversial. And I, um, I don't mind getting criticized at all for the show. And I- now, the point is this, is that he could have a different view of what he means by brother and sister and the same Jesus. I don't know. Uh, it would at least make him very, very unqualified to do any kind of ministry. Um, and he should not be doing outreach to Mormons because he thinks we're all on the same team and we're not. Uh, now there are Mormons that I am friends with on Facebook that we have very similar political views. And so we're on the same team for politics, but when it comes to matters of faith, how you, where you are going when you die we have nothing in common it's not the same thing at all i don't mind being called a blasphemer i don't like it when my friends are and um i've made it very clear that um if i go down if i go down i'm going down swinging protecting my friends and my my... so he's gonna go down swinging protecting his friends from what saying that they don't love the same jesus is this the attack that you're trying to defend against brothers and sisters and so wow i don't deny we have a lot of theological differences but we we love the same Jesus. And um... I don't deny. Okay, so context again. We're going to get some context. I don't deny that we have many theological differences, but we love the same Jesus. He just said it twice. And and the guys at VidAngel are more passionate about this show. And I do hope that viewers judge the show on its own merits. So here's my concern, Dallas. Is the reason that they love the show so much because you're not actually depicting a biblical version of Jesus? Is that why? Is it because you fill in the gaps in all the stories with your own narratives? Is it because you have a Jesus that says 
stupid things like get used to different and I'm here to start a revolution and telling Nicodemus that he should, what is asking Nicodemus, what does his heart say? The Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Why would Jesus tell Nicodemus to essentially follow his own heart? It's not the, it's not the Jesus of the Bible. That actually sounds more like Mormon Jesus because Mormon Jesus has blonde flowy hair and is super nice and just wants to love on everybody. And he would never hurt anybody ever or be mean or rude or nasty ever. He would never be rude. And so you're the concern here is, is that yes, Dallas, maybe the problem is that you and the Mormon, the Mormons do have the same Jesus. Maybe that's the concern. Maybe that's the worry. And you should be worried because if you guys if you and the Jesus, the Mormon church have the same Jesus, then that means that you are not a believer either because you believe in a false Jesus. And much like when you read the Bible, you don't go, Hey, I heard that the, so we're going to take the show on its own merits. And he's going to say, when you read the Bible and now yeah. that was printed on this Bible, was provided by someone I disagree with. Uh, and so they're, or, or the driver of the truck who's delivering the Bibles to this, to this church or this country, he's not a believer or he's a Mormon or he's a Catholic. Therefore. So see how he's making a false equivalence. He, first of all, wants you to believe that VidAngel is just in charge of distribution, but we know for a fact that there is a Mormon on the, who is an executive producer. He also consults with Roman Catholics for his history on scenes in the show. So he is working with two different uh, groups that have false gospels to bring you a show about the God that he claims to serve. And he's equating that to you complaining that the ink on your Bible was printed on paper, not manufactured by Christians. Not the same thing. Not the same thing at all. It's a false equivalence, and it is manipulative and deceptive. And it reminds me of the guy that Jude is warning you about in his one letter to the church. For that Bible is no longer valid they would never think that so i hope that they apply the same thing to the show if you if you're an, uh, in, in the lds community watching the show or watching this interview right now and thinking that's an evangelical i'm not sure i can trust him or vice versa that evangelical is is uh being positive towards the lds community i'm not sure i can trust him i do hope that you'll judge the show on its own merits but i do think that uh it's been a beautiful thing to see so that being said, I have judged the show on its own merits. I have just watched it. And I, I to be fair, I could only get through four episodes because it's it actually grieves me to, to watch uh, him fill in the gaps. Like, for example, um, you know, let's, and let's just, uh, you know, maybe we'll go back to this one for now. But for example, uh, I believe it's in episode two um, at the wedding in Cana. And you get a whole background story for everybody. Everybody's got a background story. But the amazing part is that um, there's this guy who brings the wine to the wedding. And he's got a strong female counterpart with him. And 
he's filled with doubt about whether they have enough wine or not, and he can't get over it, and she consoles him because he's filled with anxiety that they're not going to have enough wine, and oh no, it's really bad. Then you find out that that guy who brought the wine to the wedding in Cana is Thomas. Dallas Jenkins, in his show, fills in the biblical narrative for you and says that Thomas brought the wine to the wedding in Cana. And if, you know, you're going to fill those gaps in in your mind now. You are. If you are not careful with this show, you are going to do that. That is not what happens in the Bible. And just think about how stupid it is that he's filled with doubt. Oh, man. Like... Thomas isn't even, he's not doubting Thomas anyway. That's dumb in the first place. Go read that section. The whole thing is dumb. Um, and uh, I would say what Dallas Jenkins does by filling in the gaps with that stuff is borderline evil, actually. I really, really don't think it's good to be doing that. Why do you want to fill a bit? I've, I've actually said that Dallas Jenkins actually, um, uses the Bible stories to fill in the gap on his own narrative. Does that make sense? So he has a story he wants to portray and he just uses Bible verses to fill in the gaps, which is actually weirdly enough, what most pastors do with Bible verses now, right? That is a common trend of all false teachers. He, you have a narrative you have an agenda you want to push and you use Bible verses to accomplish your own goal. Uh, no, see, so I got to read this. So I got to say, this is a comment from, from uh, Facebook. I got to say though, I enjoyed the show. It's much better than the smut and flat out lies being fed to us through the tell television oh yeah you're all <laughs> i appreciate this background on the creator he annoys me so i skip most of his interviews so the issue is that this isn't actually better than the secular garbage that's out there why because when you're watching secular garbage and they try to push an agenda on you you're aware of it right? You're aware of it. But when you're watching this, you're like, well, it's better than the other stuff out there because at least it's clean and it's about Jesus and it's nice and fluffy and it makes me feel good. No, no, that's bad. You know, Charles Spurgeon has a really cool quote and it's uh, discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. And Dallas Jenkins is in the almost right category every episode, right? He's always almost right and i'm approaching the one hour mark but i'm gonna keep going so i don't want to get too distracted i don't want to get too far away from what we saw already but he says in this new video that i've got up here it's out of context it's out of context um we listened to the entire thing and within context he said he basically came to the conclusion that although they have differences, 
They love the same Jesus. So now, as we go on with this video, he's going to clarify about why he can't even say we all love the same Jesus. And it's actually worse than you would imagine. So check this out. Um, evangelicals and LDS love the same Jesus, or LDS are... So he's just quoting himself. He didn't just say that again, right? Christians, that would be a problem, and here's why. So he can't say this definitively, that they're not Christians and blah, 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 blah. Um, so he's going on now. Now he's going to say, now he's telling us why he can't make that statement. Not because there aren't LDS folks who are Christians, and not because there aren't LDS and evangelicals who love the same Jesus, but because it would be wrong. So what an interesting and twisted thing we have to unravel right there. Um, okay. Why? Not because there aren't LDS folks who are Christians. And so he can't say that not because there aren't LDS folks who aren't Christians. No, like you can, if you believe official Mormon doctrine, you are not a believer by definition of official Roman Catholic or official Mormon doctrine. You are not a Christian. If you believe what Joseph Smith and Brigham Young and, um, who's one of the later guys, uh, Bruce R. McConkie, if you believe what they believed, you would never call yourself a Christian because you believe Christians are the names of the apostates who lost the true gospel. So even from their official doctrine, there are no Mormons who are Christians. That being said, if you believe what Mormon Mormonism teaches... You are not a believer because you have a different gospel. Therefore, theoretically, and on paper, not leaving or, yeah, and without leaving room for weird things that happen where people get saved in a Mormon church and then leave eventually, because it can happen, because God can save you anywhere. If someone says, I am a Mormon, they are not my brother until I explain the gospel to them and they leave where they're at. That is all. They are not believers. Now, next line. Not because there aren't LDS and evangelicals who love the same Jesus. So and then he says, not because there aren't LDS, uh, LDS and evangelicals who love the same Jesus. So it's funny because he lumped them together there. And so, yeah, I mean... He's right. Those people do exist because you've got him and he calls himself an evangelical. And I believe he loves the same Jesus as, as LDS. Uh, but that's because I don't think he could possibly be a believer saying and doing and teaming up. And, um, no, I'm not going to say that word. Um, ugh, just, being unequally yoked with a cult. He is unequally yoked with a cult. That's all there is to say. Because it would be wrong of me to ever say that any one group believes any one thing altogether. So see, you see what his argument is? Is that, well, I can't, 
judge uh, the group because there's individuals in the group and they all believe different things. We're talking about what the church believes. And so with this kind of argumentation, you can't say that anyone isn't a Christian. Everyone who says, I am a Christian, you have to take them at face value forever um, because they're all, uh, you know, they're all just Christians and you can't make a judgment on if someone's actually a Christian or not based on the group they're in. Uh, of course you can. Of course you can. Um, that is just a level of arrogance that I don't have. Uh, and it's something that I actually believe has been a problem over the years with many people is whatever uh, title or label that someone has had assigned to them or that they've assigned themselves or whatever group that they're part of that we oftentimes will, um, will label the entire group as having a particular belief or a partic particular personality. It would be just as dumb for me to say that all LDS are Christians as it would be to say that all evangelicals are Christians or that all Catholics are Christians or any other faith tradition. And it would also be dumb of me to say that none are. That's also a level of arrogance that I don't possess. I happen to be speaking about, and when I've talked about my brothers and sisters. So I'm going to just, and he's about to say something really bad. So another comment from uh, Facebook, and I'll just read it. Uh, could be watching NASA or the CV propaganda. I love that you throw that in there about NASA. That's awesome. That's some scary poop people are feeding into. Do you think this could possibly lead people into reading the Bible and getting more knowledge for themselves? Open the door. Speaking for myself, it absolutely got me interested enough to read the Bible. I had no desire before, but it's a confusing show if you don't have any grasp on what it's talking about. So look. So maybe someone in the comments was responding to you, but I saw a comment that says, uh, God can use anything. And so of course this is true. I was saved in a church that I would say emphatically the lead pastor is a false teacher by any discernible measurement. And somehow going there, I read the Bible and I got saved and then I left, right? And actually, the person who's commenting on this is going through this, that same thing, I would say. I would say that you are dealing with that right now about looking around you and saying something's wrong and, and, wanting, to, and wanting to find more biblical truth. And so, um, in all evangelism outreach and all all this stuff all these things that people consider ministry the ends do not justify the means god has told us how we are to evangelize and if god wants to save someone using garbage he can right but that doesn't justify it because this man is a liar this man is a manipulator he is a deceiver and he twists his own words and misrepresents himself and the people that criticize him. And he's essentially gaslighting you, right? He's trying to make you seem like you're crazy for thinking something's wrong with what he's saying. And he said it. You can, we just watched it. Dallas Jenkins is gaslighting you into believing this, but then he gives you uh, like 
like an entirely different perspective on what he said anyway, which is, I can't, I shouldn't have said we love the same Jesus because I can't definitively say that an entire group believes the same thing. Anyway, let's go back just a second so we get some context here. I've talked about my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I've talked about those LDS folks that I know who love also a level of arrogance that I I don't possess. I happen to be speaking about, and when I've talked about my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I've talked about those LDS folks that I know who love the same Jesus I do, I'm referring to some of the friends that I have. So basically, because he's formed relationships with Mormons, he knows that the ones that he's friends with believe in the same Jesus he does. That's bad. That means you believe in the Mormon Jesus, and that means that you don't believe in Jesus. Who identify as LDS, who I've gotten to know very deeply over the last few years in particular. So because he's really good friends with them, he knows which Jesus they believe, even though they, to some degree, are going to believe official Mormon doctrine and have not repented of attending uh, Mormon church. Uh, their whole lives, but he knows their heart basically because he's friends with them and have had hundreds of hours of conversations with, and I stand by the statement that those friends of mine that I'm referring to absolutely love the same Jesus that I do. I actually, at this point, I now agree with you. And so, um, which means you are damned, sir. That's what I believe. I don't believe that me and you have the same Jesus. That's for sure. Um, so I just got a text message on my phone. I'm going to turn the sound off so that doesn't pick up again. <laughs> All right. So I took some screenshots from this video of the comments. Cause I just wanted you guys to see this. Uh, this girl says, as long as the chosen keeps steering people to scripture, it doesn't matter what denomination folks are. God's word never returns void. He will sort things out. So first problem I don't think it actually does point people to scripture. If you're inspired to feel like you want to read the Bible after, I'm not saying it can't do that, but I don't think Dallas Jenkins' goal is to point people towards scripture. His goal is to point people towards the show, and then they can buy the book about the show and buy some Bible study reading plans um, where he then grossly uh, misrepresents stuff through the text and you get into this sin cycle thing, which is in one of his Bible studies. I don't, I don't even want to get into that. That's fine. Um, so, and then two, um, this girl is confused enough, especially by what he's saying. And he's not helping by saying it's a different denomination. Uh, Mormonism is not a denomination. It is an entirely different group. It is a cult founded in the 1800s by a man who believed the entire church had gone apostate. That's not a denominational issue. Okay. Now someone quotes, uh, it's the King James version, which is fine. Um, uh, quotes, uh, where is it? What, what verse is it? Oh man. I knew what verse it was. It's okay. It's a verse. And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him, because he followeth not with us. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. So, this man believes that those 
that this is the same thing as that. That teaming up with Mormons is teaming up with someone is is like teaming up with someone who is casting out demons in the name of Jesus. So this is a man who's clearly a follower of Jesus who they don't know. But this man is a follower of Jesus. Mormons are not. So this is not the same. And then my last one was from an LDS person. And it says this. I appreciate this very much, Dallas. I am a Latter-day Saint who currently resides in Utah. I have lived all over the world for most of my life with a husband in the military. I have encountered just about every religion. I have come to understand that most religions have more in common um, than different. So, yeah, Mormons are a little bit universalistic in that almost everyone does go to the first level of heaven. Another difference between Mormons and Christians is they have different levels of heaven. She says, I worship the same Jesus. There is only one. He is my savior. And although I am not a perfect Christian, my heavenly father and his son, Jesus Christ, know me, love me and guide me to be better. Now that sounds pretty orthodox, right? No, this girl is making clear, distinct Mormon claims. But mixed in is the new progressive Mormonism that we all have the same Jesus. But if you read that, what you'll see is my heavenly father is capitalized. And what that is, is that is how they refer to God, the father all the time. When they talk about him, he is always referred to as their heavenly father. And he is distinctly an entire different being than Jesus. God had Jesus birthed on earth by coming down and sleeping with Mary. And they made a baby, and that baby is Jesus. But Jesus already existed on another planet before that. But you have to be born on earth to live your life so that you can possibly attain godhood. And go have your own planet where you make spirit babies. So, um, so when she says this, she is making a distinct Mormon claim. And it had 61 likes and heart reacts already at the time. Um, and so if that is the Jesus she believes in, it is not the same Jesus. End of discussion. It's the end of the discussion. Um, now, let's see here. Oh. Um, okay. So, you know, here's the thing. It's not even that he's adult. He is deceptive. I don't think he's dumb, actually. He is extremely smart. Um... He's manipulative. He's a deceiver. He's deceived tons of people already. He is a bad dude. It is obvious now. Um, it is obvious. So, 
I was sent another Bible verse to read, and it's from 2 Timothy uh, 3.13. It says this, But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So a false teacher is someone who is deceived and is deceiving. Right? And so is that not what he is doing? We have taken him in context. We have watched him explain what he meant. And it's actually worse than we thought. It's worse than I thought. Because instead of making a definitive claim like, I don't believe Mormons are the same. Uh, I don't believe that they have the the gospel. And that's the foundational issue. And in fact, we're actually, uh, hopefully I can get there because he describes the musts that you must believe to be an Orthodox believer, uh, to be, sorry, to be an evangelical, because what does Orthodox mean to him? Now, you may still go, well, that can't be true. That can't be true. Um, and that's your right to think that. Um, but it's not fair to say, oh, then you are now speaking about everybody. Um, I know plenty of evangelicals um, who I would say don't know the same Jesus that I do and don't love yeah, anyone who's critical, who says you're a false teacher, who says you listen to charlatans and you get your info from charlatans, anyone who talks like that is not the, doesn't follow the same Jesus as you. And that's most likely because they're actual believers and you're not is the issue now we're realizing. The same Jesus that I do. Um, but I was speaking about some friends that I have and I was also speaking... Uh, uh, about Jesus of Nazareth, the Jesus of the Gospels, the Jesus that uh, we're portraying in the show. And um, I do believe and do stand by that statement. Now, um, I, like I said... Oh, see, so because he's just talking about the Jesus that's represented in the Gospels, therefore it's okay to say that they love the same Jesus because they also love the same Jesus as the Gospels, even though they, they believe that Jesus was married and had polygamist wives and went to uh, the Americas to preach to the lost tribe of Israel that came over here on a boat or something. I don't know how they got here. I can't remember. Uh, right? So it's okay to say that. What is this guy saying? We can't agree that it would be problematic for me to make that sweeping statement. Yeah. Um, if, if, if I was doing that. And if it came across like I was, and that was... Um, that was a mistake, and it shouldn't have come across that. So his whole point now is, I need to correct this because... Obviously, I can't definitively say all Mormons love the same Jesus. So what he's saying is worse, really. The, the Mormons that I know, that I've formed a relationship, and that I love and think are awesome people, they clearly love the same Jesus I do. Pathetic, man. You're pathetic. That way. Um, but I've also given many, 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 many comments about it and clarified it over the course of the last couple of years. They're all easy to find. You can find it. There's multiple videos out there about that. I hope that you'll consider those as you uh, consider the totality of my statements. Now, what I believe is more important than that is the content of the show, because um, anyone who is worried about some of the things I say outside of the show, um, anything that I say outside of the show is going to be seen and heard a fraction of um, uh, of the amount that the show is. So the content of the show, which I think is far more relevant to this discussion, is what I think should be most paramount because... Uh, so now he's going to direct you to watch the show and judge it on its own merit again in the content, like where, 
go watch the content is what he's saying. But it's like when you watch the content and you compare it to the Bible, you have a different Jesus there too, man. You have a, you have a, a politically left-leaning, mushy Jesus who tells Nicodemus to follow his heart. That's heresy. That's it. Um, like I said, that's gonna that's that's in every country in the world now, and be seen by lots of people. And uh, as I've said many many times, the content of the show has zero influence or input from any formal faith tradition or church. None. I yes, no one is arguing that an entire denominational group with a hierarchy like the Pope is directing you and giving you advice. No one's arguing that. We're just saying that you ask people for info and help on the show who believe in a different God than me and not you, right? But you claim to follow the same God as me, Dallas. So you are again, misrepresenting what we're saying. Stop it. You are being deliberately deceptive and you are not listening to the criticism. You are a liar and you are a deceiver. That is what you are doing. This is not the criticism. You, you consult people who have a false works-based gospel to tell you about who Jesus is so you can make the show more accurate. And a conservative evangelical, I believe in the inerrancy of scripture. I believe in the supremacy of God's word. I believe in uh, the Holy Trinity. I believe in uh, God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Um, and I uh, believe that Jesus is the Son of God and all of those things, all of the core tenets of scripture. And I Hold believe that uh, my job, um, as it says, uh, as we, Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, um, okay, evangelical, here, I believe on. in the inerrancy of scripture. I Do you? Because you just think you can do whatever you want with it when you depict it uh, visually. I believe in the supremacy of God's word, I believe. Do you? In uh, the Holy Trinity, I believe in uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Okay, uh so there's an issue. If you're a Trinitarian, which I know there's someone in the comments uh, who disagrees with Trinitarianism, which is its own bag of worms to open up, but... Um, if you believe in the Trinitarian God of the Bible that is depicted in the Bible, you do not believe, you do not believe in the same Jesus as Mormon Jesus because they believe in a God who give gave birth to Jesus. He made him by sleeping with his wife. That is not Trinitarianism, nor is it what is depicted in the Bible. Um, and uh, believe that Jesus is the son of God and all of those things, all of the core tenets of scripture. And I believe that... Simply put, they believe that Jesus is a created being. He is not. They also believe that God the Father is a created being. He is not. But uh, my job... Um, as it says, uh, as we, when, we, when they, uh, someone shared this with me once about the FBI, that um, when the FBI is studying counterfeit and being trained in oh. how, to, uh, how to spot counterfeit dollars. Um, this is an amazing analogy that he's about to give because he's going to talk about how to spot a fake. 
they don't study the hundreds of different counterfeits. Uh, there's too many, and, and they, can't, they, can't, they can't figure all of them all out. They just get to know really well the real thing. And they get to know the real thing so well that they can spot a counterfeit easily. And that is, I believe, my job in my personal life. I believe that is your job as well. Sir, you have not done that, and I'm going to end it now. If you want to go watch the rest of this, go to Dallas Jenkins's post. You have not done that. You do not know the real thing. You do not study the real thing because you misrepresent the real thing. What you are saying is evil, right? What you are saying is evil. And I'm just going to address this because it's coming up. I don't want to give him a hard time, but I have a man in the comment section who doesn't believe in the Trinity. And yes, I am the one talking, so I have an advantage but he's quoting 1 John 5, 7 from the King James Version, which if you go look up, you will see that it is very different in most translations than what is in the King James Version. I know for a fact that this person is not a King James only, but the Bible verse goes like this. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the, Wor the, Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And so... When you quote that, which I do not believe is original to the text of 1 John, but if you do believe it is original, my friend in the comment section, that is the most, like, the King James onlyists that believe in the Trinity would argue that this is the most clear text in the Bible showing Trinitarianism. They're not arguing that the word appears anywhere, but the King James only his position argues that this is the best verse demonstrating the Trinity. This is, and this is exactly how we believe the Trinity looks. It is father, son, Holy spirit. And these three are one. And the only way that you can reconcile something like that with Jesus talking to his father, the father speaking from heaven is what is called Trinitarianism. It is simply a term to describe that relationship, which is there is one God, three divine persons. That's it. And I know you don't believe that. And I know that that's not going to convince you, but I hope that helps somebody in the comment section. And I am hoping that you come to that position, my friend, um, because you are a really interesting character and I like you. So, <sighs> so I'm done with this, but I wanted to show you guys one more thing and I've gone an hour and a half deep. Now this cartoon, I believe is from the seventies. Um, it's eight minutes and 41 seconds long. Maybe we won't even get through the whole thing. Maybe you can go check it out yourself, but it is accurate. And it does depict what classic Mormonism teaches, what official Mormonism teaches. And it's a little silly, sure. But this is what Mormonism teaches. Uh, is it? Oh, yeah, there it is. It is kind of hokey because it's so old. I'm going to turn it down a little. Regardless of its Christian veneer, the basic tenets of Mormonism are in direct conflict with biblical Christianity. The following piece of animation, based directly on actual Mormon publications, highlights 
these major doctrinal differences. So that is a picture of Moroni, I believe, the angel that came and talked to Joseph Smith. So be wary of anyone who is saying that an angel came and talked to them. Be wary of anyone who says that God is talking to them directly. Because if it contradicts the Bible, it's not God. It's a devil, right? It's a demon. So... Which reminds me, don't read the Passion Translation because that guy says that God talks to him and his Bible sucks. Mormonism teaches that trillions of planets scattered throughout the cosmos are ruled by countless gods who once were human like us. They say that long ago on one of these planets to an unidentified God and one of his goddess wives, a spirit child named Elohim was conceived. This spirit child was later... You'll notice one of his goddess wives, because polygamy has always been foundational to Mormonism, even though they now hide that and act like it wasn't. They describe men as a flower, and how can you be a flower with only one petal? See, the women are the petals on the flower, right? It's, yeah, that's what they believe. Anyway, going on. You're born to human parents who gave him a physical body. Through obedience to Mormon... So keep in mind, this is... Elohim growing up, which I'm just going to go out and make it clear, like, this is really bad. And in fact, if this offends you to even watch, uh, I understand, but I'm going to show it because mm, this isn't even a depiction of the real God of the Bible. It's just some dude who happens to be named Elohim, I guess. <laughs> Uh, because he's a man. Teaching and death and resurrection, he proved himself worthy and was elevated to godhood as his father before him. Mormons believe that Elohim is their heavenly father and that he lives with his many goddess wives on a planet near a mysterious star called... And they're all blonde. Oh, named Kolob. Kolob. Here, the god of Mormonism and his wives, through endless celestial sex, produced billions of spirit children. To Could have been a little more subtle. Decide their destiny, the head of the Mormon gods Check called this out. a great heavenly council meeting. Both of Elohim's eldest sons were there. Oh, here we go. Here's the kicker. Lucifer and his brother, Jesus. So, Lucifer... And Jesus are our half-brothers, at least. His two eldest sons. And of course, they're depicting Jesus, uh, you know, in the white uh, tunic, or the white, ro uh, white, yeah, white tunic with the blue scarf thing that everyone depicts him as, which is like its own thing, but whatever, anyway. Yeah, so if you didn't know, Mormons believe that uh, Jesus is the half-brother of Lucifer. A plan was presented to build planet Earth, where the spirit children would be Boom. sent to take on mortal bodies and learn good from evil. Lucifer stood and made his bid for becoming savior of this new world. Wanting the glory for himself, he planned to force everyone to become gods. Opposing the idea, the Mormon Jesus suggested giving man his freedom of choice. As so... One issue that you would learn from this is that Satan 
in more sorry lucifer in mormonism because i'm sure they're different lucifer in mormonism wants to violate your free will and jesus in mormonism gives you free will that's another (laughs) maybe this is controversial for some of you guys but the foundation of almost all error is uh man's uh man's sovereignty over his own free will autonomous free will is the bedrock of basically all false christian beliefs i'm not saying that you can't believe in that and be a believer i'm just saying that basically uh, the root of all error or within all error is this focus on free will so if you believe in your own free will over everything um i would uh, be careful with that but remember lucifer hates free will and he just wanted to make everybody gods force them as on other planets the vote that followed approved the proposal of the mormon jesus who would become savior of the planet earth this is awesome what you're about to learn if you don't know this this is awesome enraged Lucifer cunningly convinced one-third of the spirits destined for Earth to fight with him in revolt. Thus, Lucifer became the devil and his followers the demons. Sent to the... Yeah, so, uh, let's see. Diane says, uh, was busy, but did you say God doesn't speak to us? What do you do with my sheep? Hear my voice. Uh, so where did you get that from? God does speak to us, right? So I'm not trying, I'm just fired up from all this stuff, but I'm not trying to sound uh, rude to you or anything. You have a fair question. Um, Where did you get that from? You got it from the Bible, right? So how does God speak to us? Speaks to us through the Bible. That is when you are called, that is talking about the calling. And if you are one of God's elect, if you are one of his sheep, when you hear the truth, you will come to it. That is not Jesus saying that he will audibly speak to everybody all the time throughout history. That is simply not true. Now, you might mean that God speaks to you by laying things on your heart and, you know, directing you and, you know, believing that the Holy Spirit is convicting you. And if you mean that that's what you mean by God is speaking to you, sure, I avoid that terminology altogether because I don't like muddying things up. But no, I do not believe God audibly speaks to people all the time throughout history. That, no. It's definitely not what Jesus is saying in John 10. Anyway, carrying on. So, you saw he convinced one-third of the people to side with him, and now they all look like demons. Thus, Lucifer became the devil, and his followers uh, the de- Okay, so Lucifer became the devil, and his followers became de- demons. Sent to this world, they would forever be denied bodies of flesh and bone. Those who remain neutral in the battle. Okay, this one, if you don't know about this, you better like, you better just like hold on to your seats. So these are the third that remained neutral in the conflict, okay? So just hold on tight if you don't know what what you're about to witness because it is unbelievable. 
were cursed to be born with black skin. Oh. <laughs> this is the Mormon explanation for the Negro race. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So obviously this is a pretty dated movie with using the word uh, Negro, right? We wouldn't you even use that term anymore. But um, so they have this thing where they give people the priesthood of Melchizedek, I think it's called. And up until the early 2000s, black people were not even allowed to have the order of uh, like the, the, the priesthood bestowed on them, which is the only way you can get into the top level of heaven so that you can become a god. Right. So black people, they've changed this, but this was what what Joseph Smith and Brigham Young taught. The spirits that fought most valiantly against Lucifer would be born into Mormon families on planet Earth. These would be the lighter-skinned people, or white and delightsome, as the Book of Mormon describes them. Early Mormon prophets taught that Elohim and one of his goddess wives came to Earth as Adam and Eve to start the human race. Thousands of years later, Elohim, in human form once again, journeyed to Earth from the starbase Kolob, this time to have sex with the Virgin Mary, in order to provide Jesus with a physical body. He's knocking. This is really uncomfortable, honestly. Look at this. So, in the tra like in traditional Mormonism, if you brought this up to them, uh, they would just say, well, it doesn't count because it's God. So she's still a virgin, right? That's, I mean, I don't even know how they get around it, honestly. It, it seems crazy. After Jesus Christ grew to manhood, Here we go. he took at least three wives. Yeah. So, so Mormons, so Dallas, Mormons believe in the same Jesus that's in the Gospels, right? So where's this in the Gospels? This would have been going on at the same time as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And yet, they believe this is going on at the same time. But it's been removed or something from the Bible. And so they don't believe the same thing is happening in the Gospels. You are wrong. Mary, Martha, and Mary Magdalene. Through these wives, the Mormon Jesus, for whom Joseph Smith claimed direct descent, supposedly fathered a number of children before he was crucified. According to the Book of Mormon, after his resurrection, Jesus came to the Americas to preach to the Indians, who the Mormons believe are really Israelites. Yeah. Thus, the Jesus <laughs> of Mormonism established his church in the Americas as he had in Palestine. Notice that um, the Native Americans are also white, um, um, but, you know, the, the dark ones... Like, they're part of that curse, too, I think. I can't remember everything, so don't quote me on this part, but this part is confusing. Maybe he'll explain it. By the year 421... A battle ensued and people were dead. Now, I don't know who these, like, these white guys are with the shields are. On A.D., the dark-skinned Indian Israelites, known as Lamanites, uh, had yes. destroyed all of the white Nephites yeah, in a number right. of great battles. Yeah, so there were white and dark people on in the Americas, and the dark people killed and destroyed all the white people. 
And that's why you don't have any white natives. Well, that's why you didn't have any white natives when the Europeans showed up later. The Nephites' records were supposedly written on golden plates and buried by Moroni, the last living Nephite in the hill Camorra. Fort- okay, so Moroni, oh, Moroni was a man as well. Oh, that makes sense, because we were all men. So, yeah, if you just come back as an angel, you didn't reach the highest level of heaven or something. Anyway, whatever. 1,500 years later, a young treasure seeker named Joseph Smith, who was known for his tall tales claimed to have uncovered these same gold plates near his home in upstate New York. <laughs> he is now honored by Mormons as a prophet because he claimed to have had visions from the spirit world in which he was commanded to organize the Mormon church because all Christian creeds were an abomination. It was Joseph Smith who originated most of these peculiar doctrines which millions today believe to be true. By maintaining a rigid code of financial and moral... So basically, um, a lot of this stuff you guys have seen before um, and you know about uh, now. But if you want to go watch that full video, I've posted a link to the comment section. I've gone for an hour and 40 minutes. My wife is probably irritated that I'm going so long. Um, yeah. Um, so... Uh, yes. So my friend, uh, messaged me and explained that he's a white native, which is hilarious. And, um, it's cliff it's cliff, but, um, that's why I, I laughed and corrected myself because I know white natives now, but at one point they were all extinct and they're coming back now. So that's cool. <laughs> um, so one last thing I want to deal with, um, my phone quit just as you were sharing. Some people actually do hear his voice in their ear. Most people hear in the spirit from one side or self or the other side. That is a little confusing. There are prophets today, some true, some false. So I would say, no, there are no prophets today. Um, the gift of prophecy has been sealed up and you have the Bible as your primary and complete form of prophecy and honestly um you even have peter when he refers to prophecy he's actually usually talking about scripture as well and in second peter uh was it sorry hold on a second here in second peter three you have him talking about paul and he says this and i just went over this last week you can go check that out too if you want more clarification um, it says, uh, and consider the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you, as also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. And so there's another good reference to false teachers. Um, and so, yeah, so this is awesome. Uh, Diane, you know, like Diane, we can still be friends. Uh, you got to calm down though. Um, she says that's cessationist, another false doctrine. Uh, I would love for you. You can do this right now. If you want, uh, you can describe what you believe 
cessationism is. Uh, and uh, actually, what I'll do is I'll save it. I'll make sure that I remember the comment, maybe copy and paste it, and I'll address it next week. You, you post and you describe what cessationism is for everybody in the comment section. But anyway, um, so what you can see with Second uh, Peter three. Uh, verses 15 and 16 is that Paul, um, Paul believes, or sorry, Peter believes that Paul given prophecy was scripture and this, and so you want to believe these spiritual gifts are active, but you also have an interpretation of what you think they are, which is what like the charismatic view, right? So basically, um, Peter in the same book, second Peter one twenty says, know this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes by one's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever made by the will of man, but men being moved by the Holy spirit spoke from God. And so it should be clear if someone is giving prophecy, there should be no need to hum and haw and see if it's prophetic right now. Um, right now, um, people believe that prophecy can be wrong. And in fact, famous teachers who believe that prophecy is active today, so, uh, like, uh, what's his name? Um, you know, man, the IHOP guy, what's his name? I haven't had to look at, uh, deal with him in such a long time that I can't remember, but the guy who founded IHOP, not the pancake place, the international house of prayer believes that, um, really believes that, um, uh, what is it? Sorry. Uh, what was I talking about? Mike? Mike Bickle. His name's Mike Bickle. Anyway, he believes that 80% of prophecies given at his church and events are false. Um, so you want me to stick around and listen to 80 to 85% false prophecy all the time? Come on. Why would you do that to yourself when you have God's word preserved in front of you? Now, you're saying, I know prophets, I know real prophets and gifts of healing and blah, 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 blah. Go watch a gift of healing. What, what healings do you see? I believed at one point that I healed a girl's back. I put my hand on her. I dropped her. She still has back pain. Okay. Right now she still has back pain, right? So do I believe in the gift of tongues? I actually just did an entire episode on this. You can go back. Um, you can go back and look at it. Um, you can get my entire description of what speaking in tongues is. Tongues is the 1611 word for languages. Speaking in tongues means speaking in languages. Now, the only examples of speaking in tongues we have are from Acts. And what do they do? The only time that speaking in tongues is described in the Bible 
is them speaking and other people hearing it as languages. And in some, in, 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 in outside, when it, des- when the Holy Spirit descends on the apostles, what do they do? Everyone hears them talking in their own languages. And so whatever first Corinthians describes speaking in tongues as whatever it is described as must be filtered through what we see happening first. Biblical speaking in tongues is speaking in a human language that you cannot know. And if you want to quote, even if I speak in the tongue of men or of angels, but have not long, I am a noisy glong or a clanging cymbal. That is not saying that we speak in angelic languages. In fact, Paul is saying the exact opposite. And so, and so like Diane, Diane, this, I would love to have this conversation with you, uh, not over a live stream, but I will read your last comment. Holy spirit does what he wants. So he is the Holy spirit. First of all, and you say, I've seen real healings. If you have 20% pure gold and 80% dross, are you going to throw it out? Yes. Yes, I am going to throw it out. Do you know why? Because the Bible gives us conditions for what a false prophet is. And a true prophet of God is 100% accurate. And that's why the Old Testament talks about stoning false prophets to death. If a prophet gives a prophecy that does not come true, he is supposed to be stoned to death according to Old Testament law. God did not change the standard for prophecy in the New Testament. That is false. It is false. Um, you know, and you make claims about being healed in healing rooms. I'm not going to argue against it. Do you want to know something? The only person I know that has been healed of cancer ever, or that appears to have been healed of cancer, miraculously even, it happened at a cessationist church. So, um, but, um, yeah, Kelsey Peterson, but did he really resign? Oh, you're oh, you're you're like commenting on some stuff. Yeah, so it says to test the prophecies. And yet you still have what it, what the conditions for a prophet are. And those 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 conditions didn't change. Um we could go through all that stuff with like I we can work through that stuff together, but I do not hold to charismatic doctrine. And quite frankly, I can't go back to it because um, it does far more good than bad. Right. Um, I believe that miraculous healings can happen. I do not believe that there are appointed healers for today. And here's why. If there are appointed healers going around, why don't they go to burn units? Sorry. It's a simple fact. Justin Peters, who has cerebral palsy and used to use arm crutches to get around, but now is in a wheelchair, has been to several healings before he, he went to a healing, a healing service before he was against them and nothing happened. And in fact, when you go to these healing services, you will see the people in wheelchairs ushered out unless it's a plant. These people are frauds. They lie. 
Now I can't confirm or deny your experience, of course, but, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I will really believe that people are getting up out of the wheelchairs. One time I saw a healing service where people with crippled and twisted, deformed legs were pulled up out of their wheelchairs and walked around with assistance. And that was considered to be a healing and it was horrendous. So I love you. Um, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, there's a lot going on there. I, Diane, love you. Would love to deal with some of your stuff, but I've got to go. I'm almost at the two hour mark. Um, I believe that you have, uh, have, uh, some wrong views. Um, I do this. The OT is be good for God. New Testament says, let God be good for you. No. Um, no. So, The New Testament teaches us to be repentant, which would be what? That would be turning from your sin and being obedient to Christ's commandments, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And so all the two, all the commandments fit into this. You, out of your love and devotion and your thankfulness for being saved, are to follow Christ um, and obey him. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So this whole let God be good for you thing, I, 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 I maybe it needs more clarification, but I, I, I don't agree with it on its face. The point is, is that in response to everything that God has done for you, you will be, you will be, uh, will be obedient to him um and then uh you bring up even jesus couldn't do much because of unbelief um so he doesn't do much uh because of unbelief in his own town and he does do miracles but because they reject him he moves on so yeah man no oh man Oh man. Oh man. So, okay. I gotta go. I have to go. I have to go. Please. If you want, you can actually message me for a full rundown or actually just go back and watch. I think it was the last episode I did was on speaking tongues. If you want a full rundown of what I believe on the subject and what it's saying. Um, and, um, you know, what was really bad is like during, uh, during the pandemic, um, all these, uh, churches that believe in healings and miraculous protection and spiritual gifts for today all closed because of, uh, of an illness that barely killed anybody. Right. So you see how there's all these things, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not mad at you or anything either. Right. But I believe that unfortunately you're being misled. Anyway, I have to go. Have a great night. I will talk to you guys later. 
I love having charismatics in here who disagree with me because I want them to hear what I'm saying. And with that, I am ending the live stream.